Hello and welcome back to the second series of the Elevate Music podcast in partnership with Help Musicians. I'm Lucy Heyman and in this series I'm going to be talking to artists and musicians about some of the challenges they're currently facing in their work along with leading experts who will offer advice and guidance. It's been a really tough year so far and the current restrictions mean there's a long way to go yet before we can see even a vague sense of normality for working musicians. If you haven't already had a listen to our COVID specials from earlier in the year, there was a lot of advice and guidance from artists and psychotherapists about how to cope with anxiety, isolation, creativity issues and more in lockdown. So please do have a listen to those if you can. With so many in the industry still struggling and unable to work, it was tough to know how we can continue to provide useful information when so many of you are going through such a difficult time. For many, diverse portfolio careers have been reduced to Zoom business meetings and network building online, which, let's face it, can be pretty tough. So to start with, we thought we'd look at managing business relationships and some of the challenges they can bring. Later, we'll hear from counsellor Denise Devonish, who offers advice on how to manage some of the most common issues in this area. But first, I spoke to rapper and songwriter Nadia Rose. Nadia has had her fair share of challenging relationships in the industry, from changing managers to being dropped by her label. Here's Nadia's perspective. Where did it all begin for you? Can you tell me like, how you first got in the industry? And do you remember your first impressions of it? It all began for me, I guess, just from I was a pip my parents encouraged me you know they had me in stage coaches and Brit school and all these kind of performing arts classes it's just something that I really took to so as life went on and I got older I decided that it was yeah something that I wanted to do as my career and then I just started going to open mic nights with my friends and just performing I guess doing what I, I love doing more recognition came with that people sharing stuff and talking and yeah, then before I knew it, I was putting out videos on YouTube and releasing songs on SoundCloud and whatever. And again, more attention and conversations were being had. Then my first manager noticed me, took me to Sony. And now I'm, I'm kind of here just in the, in the midst of it all. But that's where it all kind of began. And my first impressions of it, I guess I was slightly naive just yeah everybody oh everyone's lovely everyone's nice oh everybody wants you know the same thing that I want everybody's all in the same sort of boat was my initial impression of of the industry and so what were those early experiences like for you it was super exciting you know I guess going from just doing things in your bedroom or sharing things with your a few friends on Facebook you know just literally propelling from that to being somebody that people are talking about and are aware of and actually like and enjoy what you what you do I mean it's all yeah it's all super exciting I guess when something's just a dream it actually becoming your reality and actually becoming the thing you do that also makes you money and you enjoy doing it yeah it feels super rewarding definitely then obviously I won a MOBA award so it's like oh wow now there's you know I'm, I'm really being recognized for the things that I do and I guess it exceeds what you kind of think and it's like oh wow this is really super exciting this is this is more than I thought it would be and so how did that progress over time like did it continue on that trajectory was it always super exciting or did you find that things changed a bit as your profile grew the excitement's always been there because you know I love music and I love doing what I do but 
I guess, with the knowledge of, you know, the inner and outer workings of the industry. And now because all these eyes are on you, it's like, you're now thinking differently about how you're presenting yourself. Like there's so many different thoughts that come along once you're actually in the industry. You have to think about the different layers of when you're creating a song. Before I just created music because I loved to create music. But once you get into it, there's like so many different opinions of what type of music you should be making and, you know, the kind of angle, how you're going to market the music, just so many different angles and avenues that initially you don't even think about. It don't cross your mind. But having that all now as part of it, yeah, it definitely did change things for me a little bit. So you mentioned about how you change the way that you think about how you present yourself. Can you tell me a bit more about that? When you put something out and then people have comments about the way you look, it's like, oh, is that really, is that how I look? And then you just become a bit more, a bit more conscious or cautious of those things. I guess I've been able to just say, well, you know, I'm just comfortable like this. So that's what I'm going to do. I don't really Mm -hmm. feel like I've allowed people to infiltrate the way I present myself. But I know it's definitely a thing that crosses your mind, at least with all these talks being had. And, you know, in terms of the music, once a little bit of success comes via, you know, maybe you put out a pop track and originally you wasn't doing pop. Now there's a conversation of, oh, yeah, that's the that's the style that you've got to do. So then you start thinking, oh, right now, musically, am I going against who I am or is this what I've always had in me? And it's just now coming out a bit more. There's just a lot of questions that I definitely had to ask myself just because there were so many other opinions and thoughts, not just mine anymore. Yeah. So how do you navigate your way through that? Like if there's loads of different opinions and thoughts, I'd imagine like in the team around you, as well as people externally. How do you stay true to yourself? How do you know what's right for you? I just go with my gut, just how I feel. I could be wrong. I could be right. Maybe there is no wrong or right. Just as long as I go with what I feel and just having a trusted little circle, you know, that, okay, these are three people maybe at tops that I really value their opinion And I know that their opinion is coming from a good place and not a place of malice or wanting to change who I am. So, yeah, I feel like for me, definitely, that's how I've been able to navigate through these multiple opinions and having so many chefs in the kitchen. It sounds like you've got a really good team around you. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm very confident in the team I have now. I mean, they've not been the team I've I've had from the start. Some have remained from the start, but some obviously have, have come and gone. Again, it's just all part of the journey and the experience in this life. You're going to have relationships, you're going to have all sorts of things that for that time they made sense, but they don't always work forever. And that that's not a problem. Because it's obviously a really full on place to work. Like, have you found that 24-7 nature of it quite hard to manage? Obviously, life is all about balance. There's going to be moments that aren't you know, they're, they're not high and you have to embrace the other side. But I guess when it comes to to music and, you know, being an entertainer or a performer, it is, it is very much 24. So not finding that balance of, of family time or just me time or, you know, time with my partner, like that can definitely be challenging because, yeah, I live for balance in my life. There's definitely been times I've been like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? But, mm-hmm. you know, because there's there's so much love for what I do. It just keeps me going, I guess. 
And I mean, what other aspects of it have you found quite challenging? Because in research, like we see that obviously the industry, like it's really competitive and people really struggle with their health and well-being. I mean, has it affected your health at all? Oh, well, for me, I didn't have obviously the best relationship with my first manager, just losing trust and feeling like you can't trust anybody definitely affects your health because you're in this own little bubble and don't know if you can trust anybody and then you start thinking is it you is it them and you know just all these thoughts eventually start to just eat away at you and it isn't a comfortable thing to feel I was also at loggerheads with my label I was unable to release the music that I wanted to release and as an artist that is our release that part of what keeps us sane you know just putting out what we create So yeah, having that block after, you know, all the successful years I'd had with the music I was putting out, the awards I was winning and the adverts, the syncs, like there was so much going on that was all great from the music that I was putting out to then not being able to put out any music definitely took a toll on my mental health. So why did they suddenly stop you from releasing music when everything was going so well? For me, I just believe that they thought they could mold and shape me into something I wasn't. So because I wasn't just backing down and just deciding to to be what it was they thought I should be, I guess we just bumping heads. You know, they strongly felt one way, I strongly felt another way. They just didn't work out. For me to this day, I don't get why you'd want to change something that was perfectly fine. You mm. signed me based off of who I was, who I presented to you, which was me. So why would you do anything differently? But, you know, this business, everybody has their own idea of things. And for me, I I just always see it as the lesson. If I didn't go through those moments there, I wouldn't have the strength and the knowledge that I have now to be an even better person and an even better artist. So can you tell me about what happened after that period? So they stopped you releasing music. What, What happened then? I wanted my freedom. It was quite a tedious process, a lot of back and forth, a lot of opinions, a lot of everything but me being free. So that, again, was taking its toll because then again, the fans that I've accumulated over the years, they have their questions and their own theories. There's all this rumour and talk and you want to say stuff, but then you're also like, oh, I've built this relationship with these people that I don't want it to seem like I'm now being malicious against them. I'm also being branded as an over and opinionated diva and all these things they want to say about you. So then the moment you go and speak about it, it's kind of like you're, you're playing into their hand. So yeah, I was just literally in this, like this tug of war with them and with myself. Eventually it was just like, you know what, silence isn't going to get me anywhere. And clearly me having respect for them isn't reciprocated it's not mutual so uh, yeah eventually I just guess I went out and spoke I tweeted some stuff and you know spoke in some interviews and the power of the people in turn eventually got me out of that situation I'm free CEO and boss of my own label and yeah just doing things on my terms how's that process been running your own label it's definitely uh, not an easy one but I've been very determined and very driven to just, yeah, like I say, do things on my terms because it's been so long that I've been just kind of trapped and in this situation that I've not wanted to be in, having things back on on my terms and, 
you know, like I said, I'm the boss. Whatever I say is what goes. And that to me feels like what I should have been doing all along. So if you had a young artist that you were mentoring, what advice would you give them in terms of like how they proceed with their career? You have to appreciate that there's going to be opinions. And even though you are the artist, sometimes you might not see things from all the perspectives. You're only going to see it from yours. So there's no harm in taking things in from elsewhere. But again, just also understanding that you're the face of this. So everything has to be your final decision and you go with your gut. And, you know, if in turn you feel it, it wasn't the right decision to make, that too isn't a problem because, you know, we're not always going to make the right decisions. But as long as we know it was our decision that was made, you know, that's something that you can live with a bit better to knowing that you went with somebody else's thing and then it went wrong. Just always believe in yourself, you know. You have to believe in yourself before others believe in you. When you had a bit of time away, did you find that gave you any perspective? I mean, have you come back with a sort of renewed sense of enthusiasm or an injection of positivity with that kind of space and time? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the time allowed me to really delve into myself. I felt like as I got into the industry and things were really, really happening, you know, to a few people, it seemed quite fast. But to me, obviously, knowing that I'd been doing this for years before, you know, even the first piece of recognition came to me, it was just like, okay, this is, I guess, my time now. But things, I guess, did happen quite fast once they were happening. So it gave me a moment to just you know, slow down and take things in because I wasn't really given the opportunity to do that. It was just, oh yeah, I'm in it now. And, you know, one thing after the other, you got to keep going. The music industries move so fast. The moment you take a break, you're forgotten about. And there's just all of this stuff that that was Mm -hmm. in my head that needed to come out of my head. I just feel like I was able to just take time for me. That's both musically and mentally. And yeah, now I've come out the other side with this whole knowledge that I I didn't have before that I'm so grateful to have now. So what does the future look like for you at the moment? Have you got anything coming up you're really excited about? Yes, I'm in album mode right now, which is super exciting. This is off the back of my latest EP release, First Class. And I've just jumped on Mel C's album, which I'm super thrilled about because I'm a super Spice Girl fan. The album's on the way, so there'll be some some singles coming from that very soon and yeah just world domination that's the plan that was nadia rose and if you want to hear her new ep first class check out her soundcloud page nadia rose music this episode of the elevate music podcast is supported by help musicians an independent charity that has been supporting musicians for nearly 100 years Through an integrated programme of health and welfare, creative funding opportunities and business support, the charity offers a lifetime of support when it's needed most. For more information on Help Musicians or to find out how to access support, visit helpmusicians.org.uk. As well as being a counsellor to musicians, Denise Devonish grew up surrounded by music industry professionals and has worked as a professional singer too. She gave me a really interesting insight to the work she does and offered some great advice. Let's hear from Denise. So Denise, could you tell me a little bit about the work that you do? I trained as a humanistic person-centered counselor, which basically means that I work very much at the client's pace and let the client lead. It's not so much about analysis. It's more about creating a space for for hearing the client and, and listening and helping the client to unravel what they need. 
and to move forward by developing a therapeutic relationship of trust. And I trained and then I decided to specialise in working with musicians and artists because I have a background in music and recognise a great need for specialist services. I grew up in the industry or my family work in the industry and I sang from a young age. So what are some of the biggest issues that you see in the musicians you work with? The biggest issues are around self-worth, I think, and self-confidence, battling with feelings of insecurity and self-doubt. Competition, so feeling competitive, worrying about financial issues, security, you know, especially now. And relationships, I think very much trying to understand how a relationship should exist within the industry because there are many and I think a lot of the time artists kind of discover this as they go along. Because that was definitely something that Nadia mentioned about the relationship with her first manager wasn't it? How can you help an artist with that kind of situation? I think it's really important that when an artist starts their career that they have these conversations that they understand generally what these roles consist of because you know, as Nadia described, which is very common, she kind of fell into the success. You know, there's people mm-hmm. sharing stuff for her online and then next thing she signed to Sony and it's all go, go, go. And people are really nice and pleasant. And also, though, people have a role. You know, people have an agenda. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're bad people necessarily, but they have to do their job. And, you know, having legal advice isn't something that everyone thinks of when they're starting up. They just want to get people liking them. They just want to get on stage. They want to be seen and get successful. So I think having a kind of general understanding of the different roles and what they consist of and the value that you can have in a really good manager, you know, seeking some kind of legal advice if if you are going to sign a deal, understanding your rights, all that kind of stuff is really important and, and gets missed. And being very aware of the allure of the industry, you know, how exciting it can be and driven with loads of energy and how easy it is to get carried away without really maintaining a really strong grounded sense of who you are and of your vision for what you want. I think when an artist is presented say to a manager they're not looking at the career from the artist's perspective they're looking okay how can we market this person where can we where do they fit what suits them what kind of look and that's what they need to do so then the artist needs to be really clear of what they want so that that relationship doesn't get skewed really early on. And obviously, you're not really aware. And plus, if you're really young, your identity is one thing at 20. It's a different thing at 30. Mm. All these things seem to be really common. You know, the kind of the, as an artist grows, they want different things. And if the artist is in management, then that relationship needs to evolve too. So clear communication is very key. And knowing what you want is very key, but it's not always there. What role do boundaries play in all of this? Because I know if you're a really young artist, maybe you don't have that fully formed sense of self and and actually being very clear about where you end and others begin. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, boundaries are imperative. Boundaries are everything because you want to get somewhere and there's a lot of competition. You want to grab the opportunity. It's that eight mile thing. You know, grab the moment, be really good, smash it, do well. And so you'll say yes to lots of things. And you might say yes when you can't take it on because you might not be in the right state of mind. It might be you're doing something that you don't feel comfortable doing, maybe something that you've got to wear, um, something you've got to sing that you don't want to sing, backing a project that doesn't sit right with you morally. It can go on and on and on. 
going on tour with people you don't feel comfortable with. Maybe there's lots of drugs, maybe there's lots of drink, that kind of thing. So boundaries and knowing that you can say no and that you can still be successful, that you can say no and there will still be opportunities is so important. And as early on as possible, people realising that is key because I've worked with people that have been in the music industry for a long time and still really struggle with creating boundaries because it's been so the norm. And it's, again, linked to deeper stuff, I think, to do with self-worth and feeling that you can say no and you'll still be loved, you'll still be okay, there will still be possibilities for you. I think the music industry is quite a unique place in terms of a lot of the working relationships are quite matey, aren't they? And those clear-cut professional boundaries and, you know, where work and sort of your personal life begin are sometimes blurred quite a lot, I think, in this industry. You're kind of expected to be available all the time and it is very pally-pally and you will end up going for drinks with people you're working with or, you know, chatting on, on the weekends at 12 o'clock at night. And so boundaries and having time for family and for things that have nothing to do with the industry are really important so that you have perspective, so that your life isn't, you know, 24-7 music industry, because you need balance and, and order to, to manage your creativity if you're creative within it. But for everybody, you know, I've got empathy for everyone working across the industry. And again, why boundaries? Yeah, absolutely key. Knowing, knowing your limits and saying no to things and saying I'm only working to seven o'clock or I'm with my family on the weekends or... I need this amount of time to do, you know, my exercise or something for my mental health, because mm. if I don't, I'm going to burn out and then you're not going to have an artist to work with at all. You mentioned before about the importance of staying grounded. How do you actually do that in practice? Well, there are different ways for different people. I think having a regular, healthy practice is good to be grounded so that the system, it has a rhythm. Because I think the 24-7 nature of the industry, it's so up and down and so random and such late nights and, you know, having to do different things at different times that we don't have enough consistency and the body really thrives of that. And so your, your mental health does. So having good sleep, eating well and, you know, meditation, mindfulness, breathing practices, but, but every day, you know, ideally if you can do something just for five minutes that's about centering your awareness, you know, in your body and being able to eat as regularly as possible. Because, you know, when you're touring, or which isn't so relevant now, but even just, you know, working in the studio and rushing around trying to meet a deadline to create something, you might eat at random times too. So if you can eat, you know, a, a good breakfast, lunch, dinner, kind of similar time, um, and you're conscious of eating well, you're having a balanced diet, if you can get regular sleep, these all massively benefit somebody to feel grounded and a bit more stable so that they can make better choices. You mentioned earlier about some of the difficulties around the competitive nature of the industry. Can you elaborate on that a bit? You know, inevitably you have a lot of talented people wanting to have a successful career. So you might be jamming and hanging out and it's all great and you really enjoy playing together and being in, in the scene together. And then it could feel like it can also turn and become a threat because those same people are your competitors. You know, everyone's trying to get a deal or be the one that's chosen to, to be in the quartet or chosen to be the lead singer or whatever the role is to get into the gig. It's competition. And people don't, who, in my experience, personally and those that I've worked with, you don't want to feel that because the enjoyment of the music is being with people, playing with people, coming up with ideas, sharing. It's about playing. 
Mm-hmm. But the business of it turns all of that into something else. And so the, the parts that are fun can sometimes can turn into competitive parts and suddenly what you enjoyed previously can become really challenging because of that. Let's be honest about it. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that we're self-caring and that we're creating space for ourselves to look after ourselves and each other. So we've got the issues that you've mentioned about the musicians who are working in the music industry. What do you see as some of the wider issues of professionals working in the music industry? Because obviously anything that affects those that are working very closely with musicians is going to have a knock-on effect to musicians and the working culture. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's not just the artists that are struggling. And I think that there's sometimes a real fallout between mates. And I've seen it a lot when you know, you go in together and you've got different roles and maybe someone's managing a label together and you're all mates and inevitably that's where you see the struggle or within bands and, you know, people are focusing on different parts to keep the thing going. And I think we need to have empathy for each other's parts and what we're doing and how different the hats are. I think that anybody that's working in the music industry loves music. There's a commonality between everybody. If you're a light technician, a manager, you know, A&R, you're promoting, you know, everyone loves the music, right? Mm. And it's really sad when it becomes disparate and people start arguing and there's resent. And I think if we had more awareness and there was more open conversation about how mm. difficult it is for everyone and how hard it is to, to keep things going you know, everybody's role has great value and requires great commitment and dedication 24 7 mm-hmm. and the love that comes from everybody personally you know I, I've seen it because I stand outside and in my family there's you know managers and our promoters musicians everybody DJs so I see the love from everybody we've got to remember that, 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 that we are all human beings we all struggle and we need to unify and come together in empathy and without judgment for everything to work So Nadia was talking about how she was prevented from releasing the music she wanted to by her label. What does that do to an artist emotionally and creatively? Well, I think if you feel really comfortable and believe in what you're doing and then management uh, say this isn't working, we don't see your vision, we think you need to go another way, it can be devastating and really, really knock your confidence And as an artist, if you're expressing something from, you know, your heart, you're vulnerable and you feel it and someone's asking you to do something else, it can feel impossible. And so there's going to be conflict. And that's why Nadia went on to do her own thing and and, and had to leave the deal because it was too painful to stay in it. Is this something you see in your work? Yeah, I think that that struggle is very common. I've also seen very successful relationships between managers and artists where you know as with all human relationships it works as Nadia described you know she's now got a really strong team around her which means that the relationships work really well which means that the communication is is going well that she feels heard and they feel heard and everyone's happy when the manager gets it right and they're able to hear the artist and, and work with the artist and make sure that the artist feels like their ideas are being respected and used, you know, with respect, then it's okay. And when it doesn't happen and the manager might be, you know, insisting they do something that they don't want to do, it's just not going to work. You know, obviously the music industry is an incredibly challenging place to work. 
why do so many people stick with it? Why do they put up with all these difficulties? What do you see as some of the really positive things about the music industry? Because they love the music. Nothing else makes sense, really. You know, it's, it's choosing a path that makes you come alive, where you feel that you're connected and inspired and it feels comparatively to the kind of the nine to five jobs and everything else. It's like, this is, this has the potential to be everything I could have ever dreamed as well. It's so fulfilling. And the relationships with people, like I said, when it's going really well and you're connecting through music and they share that same passion, there's nothing more exciting and special. I see that everybody that goes towards working in the music industry, whether they are a manager or an artist or whatever, have, they have that passion. They love the music. And finally, is there any guidance or advice that you would give to a new artist about how to navigate a career in music? I worked a lot with young people before I became a counsellor. And as a young person starting out in the industry, and just as a young person, to really establish what feels right for you and what doesn't feel right for you. Starting to get a real sense of who am I? What do I need? What do I believe in? What are my boundaries? What do I consent to? Where do I say no? What's my message? What do I believe in? Because your art is a reflection of you. You are the art, you are the artist, you are the music, you are the product. And every time you get on a stage and you perform, every time you write, you're bringing you you're vulnerable, so I protect you. That would be my message. That was Denise Devonish. And if you'd like to find out more about her, we've linked her website in the show notes. We'd love to hear how things have been for you over the past couple of months and how you're feeling about the future. You can always get in touch at elevatemusicpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at elevatemusicpod. And remember, there's still a lot of support and funding still available and we've got a comprehensive list of how you can access it in the show notes. Thank you to Nadia and Denise for speaking to me. If you have any suggestions of topics you'd particularly like us to cover over this next series, please do let us know. You've been listening to the Elevate Music podcast with me, Lucy Heyman. And if you would like to find out more about my research and work, have a look at lucyheyman.com. This podcast was produced by Elevate Music and Listen Entertainment in partnership with Help Musicians, an independent charity which provides essential and enduring support to make a meaningful difference to the lives of professional musicians. Thank you for listening and do remember to check out our show notes and visit helpmusicians.org.uk if you need some help. In the meantime, take care and we'll be back with another episode in two weeks.